This call may be recorded or transcribed.
Good morning. 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 Great morning. God morning. Good morning. It's that time again. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's men's day. Good morning. Great morning. At this time, we would like to find out who is on the line this morning. Please present yourself. Good morning. Great morning. Good morning. Amen, amen. Good morning, great morning, God morning. Who else may be on the line at this time? Good morning, good morning, top of the morning, happy Friday. Um, this is Sister Sabrina. Can you please keep me and my daughter Miracle in prayer, please? Yes, ma'am. You and your daughter Miracle. Got it. Yes, thank you. All right, have a blessed one. Good morning, great morning. You too. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Friday. God bless everyone on the call. It's all because of Jesus we're here. Hey, hey. Good morning. Great morning. Thank you, Sister Lisa. Love your energy. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. God morning. Great morning. Thank you Thank so you much. for your presence. Thank you so much. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. Who else is on the line at this time? I'd like to share. Good morning. Great morning. God bless you and happy Friday. It's Krishanda. Hello, everybody. <laughs> good morning, Krishanda. Happy Friday, happy day. Good morning, great morning. This is Al. Praise God. Good morning, great morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Good morning to you. Good morning. Someone there. Good morning. Good morning, God. Morning, great morning. Who's there? Good morning. Great morning, God. Morning. It's Friday. Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Great morning. Good morning, great morning, God morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Good morning, great morning, God morning. It's a great day to just say thank you, Lord. He touched you. Woke us up this morning. Good morning, great morning, God morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this morning. It's a blessing to wake up this morning. It's a blessing to wake up thinking about him this morning. It's a blessing that he touched somebody this morning that didn't know they was going to make it. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for touching them across the waves. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, great morning, God morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Good morning, Ms. Diane. Good morning, Ms. Diane. Thank you for your presence. God morning, great morning. Thank you. Praise God. Good morning. Praise. This is Pastor Darrell. Good to be here. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Great morning, Pastor Darrell. That's what I'm talking Good about. Good morning. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's go. Good morning. Great morning. Who else is on the line at the time? Praise God. Praise God. So many wonderful things to be thankful. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Somebody didn't wake up this morning. Good morning. Great morning. God morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Thank you, Lord. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning. God morning. Great morning. Who else is on the line at this time? Good morning. Good morning. God morning. Great morning. Who else may be on the line at this time? Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's a new day. Thank God we have made it this far. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And never leave us nor forsaken us. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we're going to shift our gears this morning. Before we move forward, we're going to ask you to mute your lines at this time so we can proceed. So at this time, please look at your phones. Make sure that your phones are on mute at this time so we can continue forward. And this declare victory this morning. <clears throat> Hello, my name is... Al, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Thanks for tuning in today to hear the Declare speak on the theme, Purpose. Each Declare will focus on understanding that God created each of us for his specific purpose and what benefits and power we have access to as a result of living our God-ordained purpose. Make sure you invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Once again, please make sure you invite a friend so they can also be blessed too. <clears throat> there is one announcement today. There is no Friday Night Live with Sister D.D. Felder tonight. Stay tuned, and for the next share, you will be blessed. Our prayer requests that were submitted via app today uh, and requested, we have Brother Michael, request for, uh, request for prayer for travel mercies, and also um, praying for the family of his, his ex-wife, Vanessa Ledson, as they laid her to rest. We ask request for prayer for Bonita. Um, she was requesting for prayers for the Sue, Nathan, and family. Um, right now, she's on life support, so they got a tough decision to make, so asking for them to be guided in their, in their, in their uh, decision-making by the Holy Spirit. Also, she has a second request. Bonita has a request for the, the Whitaker and David family. Um, I pray for them. Uh, situation that they will be covered in there and God will be with them through the process. And this morning we have a spoken request lively uh, for Sabrina and her daughter, Miracle, just covering them in their life and their walking faith. Praise God. Praise God. All right. The order of this call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Marcus. 
the decoration will be brought by Daryl. Then we will go right to closing comments hosted by the declarer. Once again, the order of this call will be prayer and corporate phrase. We were brought by Brother Marcus, and the declaration will be brought by Brother Daryl. And then we'll go right into our closing comments hosted by the declarer. Our scripture of the day comes coming from 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for the reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word and the doing of his word. Amen. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now shall pass the call to our prayer warrior. Have a blessed morning, everyone. Our Father and our God, we come to you to first of all say good morning. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for starting us on our way. Thank you for giving us breath in our bodies and activity of our limbs. Thank you for giving us a mind to come to you, uh, a mind and a heart to come together to pray and to acknowledge your presence. And so, Lord, we do just that. We acknowledge your presence, God. We acknowledge your power. We acknowledge that you are God of everything. We acknowledge that you are our Father, God, that you reign, God, that uh, that you are all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-loving, and we appreciate you. Uh, Father, we want to say that we thank you for thinking of us, God, when we don't deserve it. Thank you, God, for all that you do. God, we ask for your forgiveness of deeds known and unknown, things that we have committed. We ask for your forgiveness and your grace and mercy upon us, Lord, that we can continue to walk in the way that you commanded us to walk. Help us to do as your word says, uh, to let your light, uh, be our guide and our path in everything that we do. And so, Lord, help us to follow your light and to look to the hills from which comes our help. Our help comes from you. And so, Lord, we trust and believe that you're leading us and guiding us. Help us to know when it's you and to recognize it. Help us to know your presence and to know um, when you are before us. Help us to continue to learn your voice. Help us to keep our minds stayed on you and our hearts turned toward you. Lord, help us to keep a tender heart before you, God, a soft heart before your people. Lord, we don't want to be judgmental. We don't want to be accusational, God, but we want to give our best um, mercy and grace to others as well. We want to extend that same grace and mercy that you've extended to us, to others, God, and we thank you for it now. Lord, we have heard the prayer requests that have gone up, and we just want to lift up Brother Michael as he's traveling. God bless him, cover him, keep him, protect him, 
wherever he may go, Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, bless the Wicker and Davis family. You know the needs, God. You know everything that, the, all the intricacies of what is going on. And so, Lord, we pray for blessings upon them now in the name of Jesus. God, you know exactly what is needed, and you know exactly how to deal with the situation. Pray now for Sabrina and Miracle. God, bless them in a special way in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know every need. You know every desire. So, Father God, we lift up um, all of the other prayer requests, God, that went up before you, God. Pray that you will bless those families that are in in the hospital and people that are dealing with medical situations, oh God. I pray, God, that you will bless them, God. God, we know that there is nothing too hard for you. Nothing too hard for you, oh God. Ah, we thank you now. We're praying, God, for the grief and comfort of the family that is going through. God, we pray that you would cover them, carry them through in the name of Jesus. God, give them peace in this time right now. Give them comfort right now. Let your Holy Spirit dwell among them, even now, as the tears fall, as the heart is wrenched. I pray, God, that you would give them peace in their spirits, peace in their minds. God, give them um, the comfort and the joy that they need to get through this troubling time. God, and I pray that you would restore their joy, restore their joy, God, so they can see the sun shining again. Lord, we thank you, God. We praise you for all that you're doing, all that you're um, working out right now. Lord, people that are praying for things that we haven't heard yet, those unspoken prayer requests, I pray for those now in the name of Jesus, those people who are dealing with some legal situations. I pray, God, that you would give them the answers they need and the guidance they need to get through those situations. And we thank you for it, Lord. We praise you for it now. I'm praying now for all of the actors and and those that are in trouble uh, with what is going on in the acting world, TV and film. I pray, God, that you would beat the hand of the enemy right now that comes to uproot and remove um, our people from their places. Uh, I pray, God, that you would cover them. God, cover their jobs, cover their their well-being in the name of Jesus. I pray you beat the hand of the enemy that comes to uh, comes against uh, all colored people, God, everywhere, God. Lord, rebuke this racist spirit, oh God, that is over our country. God, that you will rebuke it now. God, we rebind it in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God, help us to stand up against it and to speak the truth, God. Speak our truth, God, and to create things that will keep us protected, keep us in our places, God, that will keep us earning the income that we have worked so hard to deserve. I pray, God, that you would cover the writers and the filmmakers, those who are creating TV shows. Pray, God, that you would bless them in the name of Jesus. We thank you for them now. God, that you would bless our industries everywhere, the music industry, the entertainment industry, uh, all of it in the 
Jesus. I pray, God, that you would cover and protect our people in the name of Jesus. Uh, keep us all from hurt, harm, and danger. I pray, God, just in general for our country, the state of our country and the things that we're experiencing in it, God, that is causing trauma to many people. I, I rebuke this spirit of just division and um, just cutthroat um, situations that are taking place. I pray, God, that you would bless God. God, that you would give victories where there's trauma. God, that you would give deliverance where there is bondage in the name of Jesus. God, that you would give increase where there is um, no, no, where there is lack, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I know that you can do it. I trust that you can do it. I believe it. And I have some prayer warriors with me that believe and trust with me. I pray, God, right now for every person that is under the sound of my voice, God, that you will bless them in the name of Jesus. You know their situation. You know their need. You know their desires. God, speak to them now in the name of Jesus. God, help us, Lord, all to know when. Um, to move forward and when to be still, when to open our mouths and when to study to be quiet. Lord, help us, God, to do what you would have us to do, to follow your lead and to go with your direction. We thank you for it now. We trust you. We put our hands in your hand. We put our lives in our in your hand, God, and we, and we trust that you, God, know all and see all and that you will take care of us. And we, you've done it so far. And so, Lord, we continue to trust you. We continue to put our faith and hope and, and lives in your hands, God, because we know that you know what to do. And we thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, so now as we take our phones off mute, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you the worship you deserve. We worship you for all the prayers that are going to be answered. We worship you for all the victories that shall be won. God, we take our phones off mute and we give you glory. We take our phones off mute and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you right now. Bless your name right now. Glory be to your name. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we right now, Lord. We are Thank you. 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 Thank you.
not only are we taking a view or we're beginning to assess where you are when it comes to whatever those expectations are, that maybe in the point of this review that maybe you and I, maybe we need to make a pivot in our current trajectory in order to devise a plan of action in order for each and every last one of us to get back on track to achieve or even to exceed whatever that objective or year-to-date goals or expectations might be. Now, I believe on this morning that when it comes to discovering your purpose and finding our way with the word, I also believe when it comes to that particular thought that it is also important for us to take time to assess where we are and how we are trending. That maybe in this halfway point in the month of July within the year, that maybe we might need to pivot in our current trajectory to see what is really God's plan and will for our lives in order for us to get back on track and properly align ourselves to enter into new seasons where God now dwells. Now, there is a passage of scripture in the Old Testament that is very familiar to most, and I like to read it on this morning to be able to bring light to what I'm sharing today, and that is found in the 23rd Psalm. Now, in the 23rd Psalm, I want to read a few verses, and I'll be reading from the NIV version of the 23rd Psalm beginning at verse number one. Now, 23rd Psalm, verse number one through six, we all very familiar, that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest of valleys. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, as we prepare to unpack it and explore this particular passage this morning, I want to inform some and possibly remind others of a principle that a man by the name of Dr. Henry Cloud, he profoundly captures in his book that he wrote called Necessary Endings. You see, what Dr. Henry Cloud simply suggests is that entrances into new seasons must be preceded by exits from old ones. Let me say that again. Entrances into new seasons must be pre-proceeded by exits from old ones. You see, Dr. Cloud argues matchfully in that particular book that endings are not always evil, but endings necessary. You see, he suggests that you cannot say hello to some new things 
unless you are willing to say goodbye to some old ones. So understand that the course and the quality of all of our lives is going to be greatly impacted by, greatly influenced by, and greatly determined by what you are willing to leave. So as we stand in the middle of this 2023 year doing this season, again, from the business world, going through semi-annual reviews, I feel like this principle is also pertinent as we begin to look and review where we are in regards to understanding or discovering our purpose and finding our way through the word. Because I believe on this morning that most, if not many of us on this line, that we all have a desire that we want to experience some new things within this year. But I also believe that what Dr. Cloud is arguing is incredibly important and substantiated by scripture in the word of God. And I think that it's extremely pertinent for all of us who are believing for new things this year, this season, this walk, this relationship that we're in with God. And I also think that it's important because I believe that we all have a date with something that we cannot afford to stand up and that we cannot afford to miss because we all have a date with what God has intended and what I like to refer to as his preferred future, that we have a date in his desired destination for us, that there is a date with destiny, and there is also a date for us to discover God's purposes for our lives. And that God talks about this particular thing through the prophet Jeremiah when the prophet Jeremiah informed God's people found in Jeremiah 29 and 11. We will read in Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and the future. Now, I think what is key and critical when it comes to this is that God says to Jeremiah, I know the plans. Because God didn't necessarily say that, Jeremiah, you know the plans. But what God says is that I know the plans, which suggests that there are some things, my brothers and sisters, that God intentionally does not let us in on. Therefore, if we're going to get to his intended end, in his desired destination, his preferred future, and we discover God's intended purpose for our lives, then it means that we have to say goodbye to something that many of us, I dare would say, we would rather keep. You, I, all of us on this life, we've got to say goodbye to control. Because when David makes the declaration that the Lord is my shepherd, that what he is in essence saying to this particular audience in this particular psalm is that I see the God that I serve as more than just a savior. 
The way I see God is I see God as a shepherd. You see, I see God as one who does more than just save my life. But I see God as the one who leads my life. You see, I see God as one who cleans up my path. I see God on this morning as one who guides my future. I see God as one who does more than just handle my mishaps, my mistakes, my bad decisions. But I see God as one who orders myself. You see, Psalms 23 is so profound because it's, it's, it's asking of David that he's now in his season maturity, in his season mature state of life, that he comes to this revelation that I need to give up something that I'd rather keep. David is assessing is that I've got to give up control all because the Lord is my shepherd. You see, declare victory, giving up control can sometimes be difficult. I, I promise you, I know it's difficult at times not having your hands guiding some things that are necessarily very sensitive to you, that giving up control can sometimes be very difficult. But when you really think about it, whenever we decide to give up control, that decision is a logical decision because in reality, control is really an illusion. What do you mean by that, Pastor Belter? It's because even when we think we have it, we really don't have control. You see, let me give you some examples. We can control how careful we are when we drive. But what we cannot control is how careful other people are when they drive. You see, we can control how we are construct the bid that we're bidding on. But what we cannot control is whether or not the bid is accepted. We can control whether we are we or whether we are not we put on the offer on a property but what we cannot control is whether or not the offer that we put on the property is accepted we can control how good our grades are for those that are in school we can control how pristine how detailed how efficient the application has been filled out and constructed we can control how well the interview would go, but we cannot control whether or not we get admitted or whether or not we receive the scholarship. You see, what I'm simply trying to share on this morning is that we contribute, but we do not control. You see, we can influence, but we do not determine outcomes. Because control is an illusion. That's why whenever we attempt to manipulate outcomes, what we wind up doing is now we're bearing the weight of something in our lives that we were never intended to bear. What we are bearing whenever we begin to try to manipulate outcomes is now we are placing ourselves that we are now bearing God weight. Because only God can control outcomes. 
And understand that whenever we bear God weight, that's when we crumble under the pressure of weight that we were never intended to carry. Because only God, I submit to you this morning, my brothers and sisters, only God has shoulders that are broad enough to handle the weight that is in your life, to control outcomes, to speak to the wind that the wind stop blowing, to speak to the lightning and the thunder, and lightning stops and thunder starts roaring, because only God can handle God weight. And that there are some stresses, there are some strains, there are some feelings of us that we're being overwhelmed. And because of this, we're experiencing feelings of being inundated with anxiety and oftentimes consequences of us trying to carry something that God never intended for us to carry, all because what we're trying to carry is God weight. So please understand on this morning that you cannot control future, because that's God's weight. You, you can have courageous conversations, but you cannot augment somebody's behavior. That's God's weight. Maybe you can frame the argument as lovingly, as tactfully, as endearing as you can, but you cannot make people accept what you are saying. That's God's weight. Because when you carry God's weight, you and I and all of us, we will crumble under the pressure because we were never intended to control outcomes. You see, we control our decisions, but God controls outcomes. Because that's why David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And whenever we get that revelation right, whenever we see God this particular way and practically engage in the process of actually living out this way, that's when we will experience what the author of this particular psalm experienced as he revealed to us the way that he sees God when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I think I think that's what's so amazing. What's so amazing about this 23rd Psalm is not just about who wrote it. We all know that David wrote it, and it's not just about what he says, but what makes this Psalm 23 so amazing is literally when he says it, because that's what makes it so interesting. Why? It's because Psalms 23 is said to be written after David has been proclaimed king. So what this means is that David, he sits on his throne and he reflects on his time shepherding his father's sheep. And somehow he puts pen to parchment or put pen to paper and he says, as I was to the sheep, so God is to me. Because the Lord is my shepherd. And what I did for the sheep, God does for me. See, the way I protected the sheep, 
I don't care what kind of strife, what kind of economic downturn we're in. God has protected me the way I lead the sheep from where they were to where they needed to be. And they didn't even know that where, that they were on their way to green pastures. They thought they were being punished, that if they had their way, they would have veered from the path that I was leading them on. But just like I lead the sheep to places they didn't know they were going to, but when they got there, they were glad about it and glad to be there. In the same way, declare victory, David is saying that God has led him. That as I was to the sheep, so God is to me. Now watch this. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, the Lord. Or he says, and we interpret that in the Hebrew, he says, Jehovah, which is his covenant name. So what David is really saying in Psalms 23, if we translate that, it's saying, Jehovah is my shepherd, because Jehovah is his covenant name. And what this means is that whatever comes after God's covenant name is what God covenant to be. And God says that I will be that whenever you need me to be it. You see, when Moses asked God, what name should I use to describe you? God says, tell them I am sent you or Jehovah, which means I'm, that you're going to need me to be so much to you in your life that I can't even tell you all of that right now. So I'm just going to give you the first part by getting ready to tell you I am or Jehovah, and that whenever you get to a situation where I have to reveal an aspect of my existence and my personality that you need me to be, then you just fill in the blank with whatever you need me to be. Because Abraham, the Bible records, needed me to be Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord will provide. And guess what? I was that for him. Gideon needed me to be Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord of peace. And guess what? I was that for him. Moses needed me to be Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. And guess what? I was that to him, not to mention Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healed, Jehovah Tishkanu, the Lord of our righteousness, Jehovah Mikadishim, the Lord who sanctified you, Jehovah Saboath, the Lord of hosts. And that's why David needed me to be Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. And guess what? When David needed me to be his shepherd, I was that for him. Guess what? Declare victory. No matter what you're going through on this morning, God says, I can be that for you too. Because whatever you need me, need of me, God says, I'll covenant to be that. So that's why David said, that's the one who's my shepherd, because the Lord is my shepherd. Declare victory. It's, it's amazing as we look at Psalms 23. It's as if David, he looks over his life and he says to himself in regards to his purpose, in regards to where he is now, how in the world 
it needs, this ruddy little kid. How did I get here? Because there's no logical explanation for where I am, except that there has to be someone who has insight that I don't have right now. That there has to be someone that has foresight that I don't have. There has to be someone that has acumen that I don't have, that is able to get me from where I was to where I am, and that no strategic plan could have gotten me here, that no life plan could have gotten me here, no vision board could have gotten me here, but David looked at where he is and where he was, and he said to himself, when he thinks about this purpose, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And if you're familiar with David's story, then you understand exactly what he means. It's because some people, some theologians, some Bible scholars, they believe that David's narrative began at 1 Samuel 16, but I think it really precedes that because I think the context that David was called to the kingship in is incredibly important when you study the life of David because the Bible is clear that when it came to the children of Israel, there was a period in Israel's history where they were led by religious and civil leaders called judges. But Israel would go on to look at other nations who were led by kings. And then thus they would want to emulate these other nations and what they saw in these nations. Understand, declare victory, too much exposure isn't good. Because too much exposure can awaken in us an appetite for things that aren't for us in this season. And so Israel, because of this, they stopped wanting what God wanted for them. Understand on this morning, my brothers and sisters, that the grass, grandmama, granddaddy used to tell me, the grass ain't always green on the other side. Some of us trying to get to the other side, but you're going to realize the grass and greener on the other side is because the Israelites, they are overexposed. And because of this, because they are overexposed, it awakens in them an appetite for something that they want, but they really don't need. So what they do is they keep asking God. They keep asking. They keep asking. They keep asking. And then what God does is he gives them what they ask for. Not because Israel needed it or not because Israel was right, but the reason why God did it is because whenever God can't teach us through instructions, whenever we can't discover it through his word, then he has to teach us through experience. You see, God told them what would happen if they got a king. He told them what kings do, yet Israel still wanted a king. So God allowed them to learn, like me at times in my life, learn through experience what God would have preferred for them to learn through his instructions or through his word. And so the very thing that God said that would happen as true to form, it did happen. Because the king that they picked was a man by the name of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. And Saul, yes, he served well for a season, but 
understand that Saul's greatest failure, that his greatest downfall was his success. Stay humble. Stay humble, whatever you do. Saul's greatest failure was his success because nothing fails you like success. It's because it's difficult to be successful at being successful. And thus, Saul became intoxicated with being successful, and it led to him having a spirit of arrogance because he became so intoxicated with arrogance, he became a person that was considered by God who was not trustworthy. So because Saul was no longer trustworthy, God had to remove him. He had to replace him. And this is what's really weird, y'all, as we think about these mid-season reviews or these mid-year reviews, is that God fired him, but he didn't tell him that he was fired. He tells the one who appointed him that he was fired, and that was through the prophet Samuel. Because God doesn't tell Saul so what Saul is doing, Saul is occupying a role for a season, not knowing that he is no longer has divine authorization. So God removes him, and now here it is, y'all. God removes Saul not because he's imperfect, because the next king, David, had more moral improprieties than Saul ever did. But the reason why God removes Saul not because he was imperfect, but he removed him because he wasn't trustworthy. That right there, I preach all by itself. Because God can use people that aren't perfect, but it's hard to use people that he cannot trust. So God says, Saul, I gave you an assignment with the Amalekites, Saul, and you didn't carry it out. So I can't trust you to carry out any other assignment for me. So what does God do? God removes him. And this is what happens. He tells the man, the prophet Samuel, who appointed him, and the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16 by telling us that Samuel is crying, that Samuel is mourning over the fact that Saul has been rejected. If you have your Bible, let's read it very quickly, 1 Samuel 16 and 1. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Seal your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And what we find is Saul, Samuel, he's upset. He's mourning. He's angry. God asked him the question, how long are you going to mourn over that which I have rejected? How long are you going to be depressed over the one that God called and said it wasn't really your husband over your wife? How long are you going to mourn over that you got fired from the job that I never intended to be you to be on? How long are you going to mourn over that? In other words, God is saying your tears won't change my mind about what's best for my people. So he says, what you are doing, Samuel, you are delaying your progress in the future because you are reminiscing a past 
that I am not going to let you revisit. Some of us, we are delaying our progress because we are stuck in a path that God is saying, I am not going to let you revisit. And no matter how much you mourn over it, no matter how much you cry over it, no matter how much you petition and plead me over it, he says, you are not going back to it. And this is what really gets interesting, is that Samuel was upset that Saul had, had to leave. But what Samuel didn't know is that he would have been more upset if God let him stay. Some of y'all upset that God let the very thing you mourning over, crying over, tearing up over, you're upset because God allowed it to leave. But if, in hindsight, if you would have been more upset if God decided to allow it to stay. You would have been more upset if you would have grown lots of days ago on the job. You were praying to God that you give you back. You would have grown more depressed in a relationship that you were praying for that God says ain't really for you. Understand that he would have been more upset if God let him stay. Because sometimes God will allow all of us to cry a little bit now in order to protect us. And crying a lot later. So this is what God does. First Samuel 16, 2 through 3, it says, but Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. Then the Lord said, take a helper with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You ought to anoint for me the one I indicate. So God tells Samuel, listen, go down to Jesse's house because I've selected my king and he's in that house. So Samuel does what God calls him to do because he can be trusted. Samuel goes down to Jesse's house and he rolls up on Jesse and he says, Jesse, I need for you to call all your sons because I have been ordained by God to come to your house within your sons to pick a king. So what does Jesse do? He calls for his seven sons. Let's look at 1 Samuel 16, 6 through 10 very quickly. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the, the Lord's anointing stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, God Almighty, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Verse 8, then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass, but, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So Jesse called his seven sons. What we just read is that the first son, Eliab, he walks out and his swag is on 10. He's about six, five. He cut up. He got blue eyes, curly hair. And Samuel said, oh, my God, he looks like the Lord's anointed. He even walks like a king. He looks like a king. But God says, Samuel, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Because the criteria, Samuel, you use to determine who should occupy certain roles in my kingdom. It's not the criteria that I use. So listen to this, y'all. And this is where we get ready to bring this into the garage. Seven of Jesse's sons come before Samuel. None of them gets the green light as king. So Samuel now is confused. And he says, Jesse, are all of these your kids? Let's look at 1 Samuel 16, 11 through 13. 1 Samuel 16, 11 through 13. So he asked Jesse, are all these sons you have? 
there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tender. He's tending the sheep. Samuel says, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and, a, and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. I hope somebody stood up as I said that. Verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now, let me paraphrase this real quickly, because in David's version, Jesse says to Samuel, no, I got one more son, but I didn't call him because I know David ain't the one. How many of y'all probably heard that in your life? That, yeah, we considered other people, but I know that person, he or she is not the one. So Samuel says, send for him. We will not sit down until he leaves. And I will not leave until he comes. And the Bible says that David comes and he looks nothing like his brothers, that you wouldn't look at him on the outside and see that he has kingly material on the inside. And the Bible suggests that as he comes before Samuel, that, that Samuel has a ram's horn, that they put the oil on the inside, that as David came before the ram's horn, the oil flowed. Now, some historians and commentators have suggested that Samuel, during the process, when he met with the previous seven sons, that Samuel tried to pour the oil on all seven sons, but the oil wouldn't flow. But when David got there, God Almighty, the oil flowed freely. Now, I don't want you to miss this on this morning because this is where I get ready to exit and we go into closing comments. Because seven people got to the horn before David, but the oil didn't move. But when the eighth person, David, got there, the Bible says the oil moved. You see, seven people got there first, and it didn't move. So when David got there, it moved. Seven people, y'all, got there first, but when David got there, it moved. You see, what this is simply suggesting to me, declare victory, is suggesting that when God has something reserved for you and for me, that it doesn't matter who gets there first, declare victory, because if God has something for you, that if God has something for me, it doesn't matter who gets there first. Understand, they can apply for the job first. They can get there first. They can meet with them first. They can put in a bid first. But if God has it reserved for you, then it doesn't matter who gets there before you because God will hold it in place. He will hold it until you get there. That's why discovering your purpose is so important. God is holding the oil flowing, waiting for you. And you, and if you missed it, if you think you missed it, it went then it really wasn't yours because when it's yours, God is going to keep it there. He'll keep it until you get there. So as we prepare for love, life, and victory, 
understand the clear victory. If you're going to get to God's intended end in his desired destination, his preferred future in your life, and we discover his purpose for our lives, then it means that we have to say goodbye to something that many of us would rather keep. What we've got to say goodbye to is control. Father, I thank you for your word on this morning. I pray, Lord, that it came with clarity, understanding that it not only was able to meet each and every person where they are, Lord God, but, Father, somehow elevate them to the desired destination at the desired time that you would have them to be in the season where you now dwell. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that we all see you as our shepherd, that we give up control, Lord God. We no longer try to manufacture it. We no longer try to make it happen. We no longer try to be like somebody else. But Lord God, we stay true to our authentic self because the Lord is our shepherd, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that you are holding it, Lord God, until we get there. But there is a desired time and destination that we need to be there. So Father, we relinquish control on this morning to you, whatever you called us to, whatever purpose you've called us to in this season, in our lives, in our destiny, that, Lord God, we yield ourselves unto you. And, Lord, we will not only be hearers of your word, but, Lord God, we will be doers thereof. Jehovah, we ask you to covenant with us to be everything that you promised you would desire to be in our lives. And, Lord, we'll be so careful to give your name all the glory. All the honor and all the praise is in Jesus' matchless and mighty name we pray. Let our hearts say amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to ask that you unmute yourselves. I pray that the word of God on this morning is a blessing to you. We're going to ask that you unmute yourselves for closing comments or anyone that did not have an opportunity to say good morning. Come on, people of God. Let's begin to worship and praise the name of the Lord on this morning. Is there one? Good morning. It's Pretty Patrice. Happy Friday. Good morning, Pretty Patrice. Happy Friday. Thank you for your decoration. God bless you, Pretty Patrice. Anyone else? Good morning, it's Sunshine. Good morning, Sunshine. So good to hear from you on this morning. Good morning, it's Prosper Pam. Wonderful work today. God bless you, sister. So good to hear from you on this morning. Anyone else? Good morning. This is Juanita. Great word. Good morning, sister. Juanita, to God be the glory. Amen. Anyone else? Any of my kings on the line, my brothers? Anyone? Good morning. It's Al. Well done. Well done. God bless you, brother Al. That means a lot coming from a soldier like yourself. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning. This is Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Wonderful to hear from you on this morning. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning. It's Krishanda. Great declaration. God bless you. God bless you, Krishanda. Always good to hear from you as well. Amen. Anyone else? Any feedback, comments, closing Good morning. Comments? Good, Good morning, morning, Pastor Belcher. This is glorious, Gloria. God bless you for that awesome, awesome word. It was so much that that you said that that resonated and and spoke 
you said that the oil wouldn't flow because it wasn't supposed to flow on them. And he was not going to allow anything to happen. Although God tells us and gives us instruction, sometimes we don't get it. And so he lets us experience to get the education. So I appreciate you and, and making it so clear cut. The um, I just think God is not over. It's not over. Amen. So we keep moving. It's not over. Thank you. Mm, thank you, Lord. It is not over. And thank God for his timing being perfect and his patience and long suffering being for us and with us and on us. God bless you. I love you. God bless you too, and thank you for your wonderful feedback as well. Good morning, Pastor Belcher. It's Dee Dee. How are you? I'm good, Dee Dee. How are you? Oh man, you didn't fired it up this morning. I'm like, oh, let me hear and finish. <laughs> let me hear and finish it. this kid, the toddler's room, so I can get outside and make a comment. So, you brought up one of my favorite authors in the whole wide world is Dr. Henry Cloud. When I tell you yes. that. Man has got me through from safe people. And I remember when I read that book, it just changed <laughs> some things. And then boundaries. And But what you said, yes. sir, can I tell you when you said this, I said, that's what it is. It's not what you say. It's not even mm. really how you say it, but it's when. Because we speak out yeah. of time so many times and we don't realize we're doing more damage with our words if we just listen to God to give us clarity to when to say something because so many people think they're giving you a word and it's not time for it. So when you said that, I was like, that makes so much sense why people are all out of order and off assignment because we're speaking out of time. We got to really know what, not what to say or even how to say it, but when. I thank you for that. You you gave so much this morning, but I want to just thank you for reminding me of that. And I'm in, I'll be 56, thank you, Jesus, in November. And I have learned this mouth of mine. I'd rather not say anything than say something out of time. So I thank you and I love you to life. And uh, did you get your, ha- your jalapeno pepper and your two peas? Okay, let me not be messy. I'm going to mute. <laughs> Dee, I love you. God bless you. No, I still have it. <laughs> thank you for your feedback. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It was amazing. Go ahead, Chell. Go ahead. I was just saying it was a great day. Thanks, sis. Pastor Belter, good morning. I, I I don't know if I want to say good morning. Now, oh, Charlie, that hurts. Great, great, great share. Man, when we hit that control you talked about, I was just like, <laughs> so thank you, sir. Always hit it out the park. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We need it. We need to hear it. We need to understand it. We need to apply it. Great word, man of God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for the feedback. And and I stand there with you and say, ouch, too, because it hit me first. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Good morning. This is uh, Brother Al again. Um, I'm just reminded of this quote I was uh, hearing from uh, uh, Minister Eric Thomas, also a motivational speaker, he says, when you change, we change our thoughts, we change our life. So just like you hmm. said, sometimes we got to be still, know God is God. Sometimes we don't, we speak something, but we got to wait a minute and not say it because it's not that time. Just got to hold on for a moment. Move when God says move, not when we want to move. 
Amen. Brother Al, thank you so much for sharing that powerful and profound feedback and comment as well. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor Belcher. This is Miss B. Um, Good morning, Miss B. Well, you have me in awe because it's like every time you speak, you speak to me. You 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 tell me the things that I need to hear. I thank God for you. Um, it's just awesome. I needed that this morning. Um, I'm going through a difficult time right now in my life, and I needed that word. Thank you so much. You know, God bless you. God bless you and your ministry. God we, bless you, Miss B. We, Listen to me, everyone else. He is his ministry is a good seed to sow. God, God, God is working with this young man. He is, he is, and I just thank you so much for your encouragement. Every time you speak, you're an encouragement. God bless you. God bless you, Miss V, and and thank you again for just your prayers, your encouragement, your support. I I can't take any credit; it it belongs to all God. I've just again made the decision to be willing, and it didn't come easy. That's for darn sure. And I'm still learning a lot through this walk, but I am just so grateful for the covenant relationship that God is building in us all on this morning. So thank you again for that as well. Any anyone else? Anyone else? Your obedience. Amen. That will absolutely <laughs> go a long way. <laughs> that Pastor, enough said right there. <laughs> Pastor Belcher, can you can you mm-hmm. explain a little bit what you talked about when you talked about um how we pray constantly for something and because it's not what we need God will give it to us for the experience. Can you help us write this? Oh, yes, yes. I was going to comment on that, too. I felt like I stopped like a squirrel, and the, when you're running through the park and the squirrel stopped because they hear something, I stopped. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. I threw my shoe at that. I, I say ditto, ditto, ditto. Ditto, ditto. It's, it's amazing because there are times we will we will ask earnestly God in prayer, and he will the word says he would definitely bless us with the desires of our heart. And a lot of times we pray and we're not praying in alignment with what his will is for our lives. And there are seasons in which God will at time allow his rod of correction to be able to go and allow us to be able to experience what we can't learn through knowledge or through his word. Experience will come and will be the teacher. And in that, again, not to harm us, but to give us a future and a hope. As the word of God, as the word of God says as well. So, just like a great parent, there are times in which we may not get it through the word; we have to get it through other means, so to speak. So, <laughs> that's where you'll see several cases in the Bible where, again, especially in the Old Testament, where Israel will want to go against the will of God, and God will allow His permissive will, but also there will be a reason for it, and there will always be a teachable moment to be able to show them that He is and will always be God. Anyone else? Any other Good morning. On that? Good morning. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Pastor. So I had two things. Um, one of the, 
uh, first thing, just since it was just asked, that's exactly why I always say, God, your will, not my will. Um, so yeah. many of us are going through a lot right now. I know I am. Um, you guys, a lot of you guys know what's going on. But um, I always say, God, you know, I want this, I want this, but I want your will to be done. Because, I, yeah, I don't want him mm-hmm. to just, you know, do something because I'm asking. <laughs> but anyway, um, you said something that really hit me. Uh, you're talking about control. Um, mm. And I realized for me, uh, that's something I need. To, that, that was a word for me because sometimes when you're stressed or you have a lot of responsibility or a lot going on, for me, I can get overly doing too much and forgetting. Mm. It's like a balance that I know I need to just continue to stay in the Lord. Do what, because um, we're supposed to be doers of his word, though. So it's like a fine, a balance of, Lord, I want to do everything that I can. You put me here to help assist this person. I got to take care of me. I want to do that part, but be a balance, too, of knowing when to let go and let God. So that whole control thing was just really, um, thank you so much for that. For that, um, You said so many things, but I, but that was really, that hit me hard. So thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, and God bless you as well. Thank you for sharing that. It's amazing. I'm reminded of saying my pastor used to say to me, he say, you can do a good thing, but is it a God thing? Or is it the right thing? You just got to make sure that whatever God is calling you to do, you're doing it within his perfect time and not doing it because it's something you want to do. Anyone else? God, wait. Let it go. I'm scratching my head with Krishanda over there with the scroll. Hey, when you, we talked about, um, you know, we give you something and you experience it. It doesn't, it took me a long time to understand that it didn't mean that he took his hand from me, but it took Mm -hmm. it, his love and his grace had to show me, daughter, you, you asking me, I'm telling you it's not for you, but because you keep knocking on my knees, I'm going to have to show you better than I can tell you so you can experience it. So I, I remember this one time I prayed for this certain thing, and he gave it to me. If I tell you, that thing gave me so much strife and, and, and trouble, and I had to go back and repent. And I mean, it wasn't just no little time. It was like months before he had to show me that he took, that thing took me through stuff for months until I understood that I'm going to ask you and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to wait for your answer. I'm not going to keep asking you about the same thing to understand, okay, if you said it, it is so, I understand it. All things work together for my good. And if you said it's for me, it's for me. And if it's not for me, I'm going to try my best to leave it alone. So we say, no, I ain't going to do it no more. No, I'm going to leave it alone. No, I'm going to try my best to leave it alone. So, again, sir, you stirred me up this morning. So thank you. (laughs) Thank God for that. It reminds me of an example in the Bible. Anybody remember Jonah and the whale? Jonah wanted to do a good thing. He wanted to go to Tarsus. Come on, but God said, I need you to go to Nineveh. <laughs> it wasn't that he was not going to do a good thing. He wanted to proclaim the good news or at least proclaim the will of God and the word of God. 
but it wasn't in the way that God wanted him to go. So when he tried it, look what happened through experience. And now he's able to now share not only the word, but to share why obedience is better than sacrifice. So anyone else? Pastor. Yes, Pastor Belcher, my God. Rochelle just made me think of what you said when you also said, I think you said your grandparents, I don't know, my grandmother used to say, that grass, show look green. On the other side, you be careful because we be comparing. Like, let's be honest. I know people that compare marriages, children, so somebody get a bigger house, whatever it is. But you mess around and, like she said, you pray to God for something that you think you want because it may feel good to you, but it ain't good for you. Um, my my pastor has a saying. He say, y'all better quit praying, talking to sisters. Y'all praying for him to be six foot six and have six figures and drive a six feet. All these six, you're going to get what you ask for, but, you, but you're going to be running the point there too. So I, so I thank you. So I learned, I learned a long time ago to not compare because I did for years. I would compare my life to others. I'm like, that ain't what God, that's not what he designed me for. So Psalms 23, that just, it's so good that you put that together, and it, it, it's just good. And I'm, I'm with Krishanda with that squirrel. I'm like, wait, what are you saying? <laughs> so good, awesome Friday morning for us. God bless. Thank you so much, Dee. I do want to share this, especially for every man that's on the line, and we talk about the grass not being greener on the other side. I'm just starting my reading of a book, Every Man's Battle, Every Man's Battle, by the author Stephen Otterburn and Fred Stoker. It's called Every Man's Battle. It's talking about winning the war on sexual temptation one victory at a time. Because why? The grass ain't always greener on the other side. I encourage every man, make sure you get a copy of that book and put that in your spirit as well. Anyone else? What was that, Arthur? That <laughs> it is Stephen Arterburn, A-R-T-E-R-B-U-R-N. God bless you, Sister Barbara. Thank you so much for sowing into my life. And um, And it's called Every Man's Battle. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm just starting it. Phenomenal read. Amen. Anyone, anyone else, anyone else? I know the time is drawing nigh. You guys got responsibility. And uh, this is Shirley. Is a... Hey, Shirley. Hi. There was something that you pointed out, and I love it. You said that we control can be an illusion. And yes. I just never looked at it like that before, that we can't control everything in our life. We can contribute but we cannot mm-hmm. determine outcomes. Powerful. So I just wanted to say thank you for um, just revealing that to me. Hey, man, you're more than welcome, Sister Shred. Thank you for, for getting that in as well as sharing that feedback. Any Anyone else? Anyone else? Uh, sounds like all hearts and minds are in order on this favorite Friday. Remember this day especially as we are seeking to walk in our purpose to make sure that we are in our current trajectory within the will and the plan of God, that we are on track 
And if we're not, make sure that we assign, align ourselves to get back on track in the new season where God is dwelling. Amen. If all hearts and minds in order, Father, I thank you right now, Lord God, for your people. I thank you, Lord God, for this ministry. I thank you, Lord God, for the visionary. I thank you, Lord God, for Sister Dion, the Apostle Dion, Lord God, for just calling her, Lord God, for this vision, for this ministry to impact the lives of many, Lord God. I thank you for the growth that is transpiring in all of us. And more importantly, I thank you, Lord God, that we not be doers of your word, that we be hearers of your word, that we give up control, that we see you as David saw you, that as you as David was to the sheep, you are to us. You protect us. You provide to us. You guide us. You lead us to still waters, Lord God. You allow us to lay in green pastures, Lord God, only when we allow ourselves to give up control. Lord, I pray for that one, that it is a struggle, or that struggle is real. Lord, I pray that this word is a reminder to let go and let God. Father, we declare it, we decree it, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. God bless you all. Have a phenomenal weekend. Make sure you are in the place where your God has assigned you to worship him on Sunday, and let's have a great weekend. Have a good day, everyone. Great. Can you tell us your cash app? Have a blessed weekend, everybody. Bless. God bless you guys. Uh, yes, and I'm sorry. I never know it on hand. <laughs> it is uh, uh, dollar sign Daryl Belcher. Nothing fancy, just first name and last name. God bless you all. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Have a blessed day, everyone. Have a blessed day, everyone. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Blessed day, everyone.